0: So the production engineer has me. Good, gives me the good thumbs up here. That's good. Well, good morning. Good morning. Uh, Romans chapter number nine. I'm going to catch us up to where we were, I think. Let's start word of prayer. Thank you, Father, for today. Father, thank you, Lord, that we can study your Bible. Pray, Lord, you bless the lesson. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter nine. We were at verse number seven, I think, when I quit last week. I don't know. I was burnt out last week. Boy, time change. Bad. Now Congress wasn't so busy passing other legislation that might be able to sneak that one in and get some right. something changed. No. So we were looking last week about the uh, in chapter seven, chapter nine, verse seven. We were looking at the distinction between the Jews. Who were just natural, or I'm going to use the word fleshly, descendants of Abraham, and the Jews who are also of his spiritual seed. I'm going to talk more about that as we go today. So, Abraham had a number of children. We're going to spend some time on this Isaac, and then Ishmael, and then six sons of Keturah. They're all children of Abraham, thereby, their descendants are also they can trace their history back to to Abraham. And um, so they would think that they have the right to the promise also. But we're going to find out that they don't. Okay, uh, Verse number seven, let's read that. Neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children, but in Isaac shall thy seed, singular, be called. So Abraham had many ch- children, uh, uh, look, at, um, look at Genesis 25 for a second. God was going to, we're talking, we're, we're getting towards this thing called election, so we're going to start figuring out what that means real quick. Genesis 25, verse number 6. Says, but unto the sons of the concubines which Abraham had, Abraham gave them gifts and sent them away from Isaac, his son, while he yet lived eastward unto the east country. So all these other sons that Abraham had, he gave them gifts and he sent them away. Stay away from my son Isaac. He was the chosen one. Okay, He was chosen by God. He was a son of promise. So the error of the Jews we mentioned last week was that they think just because I can trace my lineage back to Abraham... I'm entitled to this promise. And that was an error on their part. Amen. Just being a Jew didn't mean, doesn't mean, that you get to go to heaven because of that. Okay? So Paul's kind of whittling this down uh, to a little bit here. The promise made to Abraham and his seed, singular, not seeds, okay, uh, was not made to his descendants in general, okay, okay, But with Isaac, his descendants. So Paul was preparing to announce the rejection of Israel, not the rejection by Israel. They had already experienced that. It's the rejection of Israel by God. As is, they're still his chosen people, but but they're not the seed. They're not the ones he was going to build off of. Okay. Uh, They were losing their status as a favored nation. Because God was going to call Jews and Gentiles into his kingdom without regard to their descendancy, from their posterity, who they were, they were in the lineage of. Okay, So Paul realized that this was going to cause a real violent fervor, and it does, and it did. If you've ever watched some of the news of things going on in the Middle East, riots, whatever else, that's what it's like. Uh, it's, it's very, very violent, and there's uproar and stuff, and, and that was uh, the um, experience Paul was going to be experiencing, what he thought he was going to have to cause. So you're starting to just ease into this thing here. You know kind of by the way, God rejected you. He you know, was trying to ease into this thing, to where uh, he could build a base of um, uh, facts that they could see in the Old Testament that supported what he was going to say. So that's what he does. So he had to build up this, this base with the Old Testament prophecy first so he could kind of quell this violent uproar that, there was, that he was going to cause, basically. So Paul is kind of um, being tactful and tender as he can, Okay? But he had to deal with this thing with just being a Jew doesn't get you to heaven. Okay, Uh, Genesis 21, verse 12 says, In Isaac shall thy seed be called. Seed, singular. Abraham had lots of seeds. I mean, Keturah had six sons, and then they had sons, and then Ishmael had 12 sons, I think. So, I mean, there's lots of seeds, plural, but God was dealing with only one. Okay? If I may please here. Okay. So, therefore, in uh, verse number six, look at that verse again. The Jews are going to blame God for this. Not as though the word of God hath taken that effect, for they are not all Israel which are of Israel. Paul's saying. Uh, you may blame God for this, but God's not blameworthy. God had His seed. and This was prophesied back in Abraham's day. This was going to happen. So now that it's happened, or happening, uh, then you know, they don't want to, want to accept that. But the determination that Paul was going to show was uh, he's going to reject Israel as a whole, just being a Jew, and he was going to accept the Gentiles. And he had to show these Jews that it was something other than being in the lineage of Abraham that was going to de- yeah, determine your eternal destiny. You had to be saved. That's the way it is today. We'll get to chapter 11, verse 25, and we'll, we'll talk, I think that's what it is. Yeah, and we'll talk about what happens to them, you know, how long it going to be this way, and what happens to them next. So, uh, Paul's building up this this foundation here, if you will, uh, that the Word of God did have effect. God didn't just say, oh, the Jews are terrible, David, I'm going to have to go to the Gentiles. No, this was planned way back when. And I'll show you some verses of that in just a bit here. So, verse number 8, that is, they that are children of the flesh, these are not the children of God. But the children of the promise are counted for the seed. So he's separating out, weeding out, those that are of the seed, of the promise, basically Christian Jews, from among everybody else. He had to lay this out. So he's getting ready to announce this here, he's laying this foundation, he's citing these Old Testament scriptures, and uh, then he was going to build on these principles, and then he was going to rest his conclusion here in verse number 8. This verse spells out the conclusion to be made from the history of Abraham's sons that only in Isaac was his true seed. All the others were rejected. Does that mean they went to hell? No, it means they had the same opportunity as everybody else does. Uh, people look at that and say, oh, God's going to send the Jews all to hell. No, He's not. And we'll see later on as we go through the next couple chapters. God had a plan, but they're going to get in the same way everybody else does. That's right, Being a Jew doesn't give you the guarantee. Amen. That's not a ticket stamp for heaven. Right. Okay? And that's what we're trying to get these folks to understand. So Paul is saying that just being a descendant of Abraham uh, is not his seed, but only the children of the promise. That would be Isaac. Isaac was not born in the due course of nature, as we read, uh, uh, but in respect of God's promise. The birth of Isaac was providentially fulfilled. God had prophesied. God had told Abraham what's going to happen. And uh, he was going to have a child in his old age, meaning beyond normal childbearing age. He was going to have a son. That's a promise. The children of that promise. Okay? Now turn over to Galatians chapter number 3 for a minute. Galatians chapter number 3. Who are these children of the promise? Galatians chapter 3. If you read Galatians, who's Paul talking to? Right, Christian, what? Gentiles. Gentiles. They were Gauls, is what, what they were. They were Gentiles. So talking to the Gentile churches, Galatians is written to the churches of Galatia. Talking to these Gentile churches, they were saved like we're saved. Okay. Uh, he gives them uh, some information. Look at verse number uh, twenty-nine in chapter number three. I mean, verse number twenty-six. in in chapter number three. Let's look at something. This applies to us. Chapter 29, I mean chapter 3 verse 29. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. There might have been some Jews in there too, but why were they the children of God? It was through what? Faith! Okay. Verse 28. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, For ye all are one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. What's that saying? Look at chapter 4, verse 28. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. Who are we? saved individuals Jews gentiles we okay as Isaac was we are the children of promise because we believed okay nothing to do with being Jew or gentile we're christians we're in christ because we believed in the seed that's through Isaac amen okay so we are people call it spiritual Jews and i'll talk to you later on in a different about uh, this thing called secessionism, or um, not a name for it, but that the Gentiles, the church is taken over from the Jews. That's not true. We'll, we'll get into that and I'll, I'll explain that. Okay, but uh, we are technically spiritual Jews. We can trace our history back through Christ Amen. to Abraham. Right. Okay, so that, that's what he's saying here. He says, We have just as much right. To Christ as Isaac did. Ishmael was rejected and his kin and and the sons of, they were rejected. We are spiritual Jews. Okay? Even though we're Gentiles. Amen. I'll try and find some. Ushers, can you find some room for these folks here? I know they're really, (laughs) it's really packed out here. Where do the ushers go? Probably outside. (laughs) Keep track of those guys. So Isaac was a type of the Christian in a spiritual sense. Okay, We are the children of, of Abraham by promise. It's stated here by Paul. Okay, Now, just look at that, look at that. So Paul's argument from this is just as Ishmael did not inherit the promise, though a literal son of Abraham the Jews of Paul's day might not inherit either unless their claim is based on something else other than their posterity, their, their lineage. Their salvation has to be based on something else other than I'm a son of Abraham or Isaac. It has to be based on their faith in Jesus Christ. Salvation, just like everybody else. See, So, Christians are the true children of Abraham, if you go back through and follow it. Verse number 9, For this is the word of promise, at this time I will come, and Sarah shall have a son. That was recorded in uh, Genesis chapter 18, verse 10. Paul left nothing unsaid here. He's building up to something. Now he's talking about um, Isaac and Rebekah. Something's going to happen here. Sarah, that's what I'm talking about, not Isaac yet. Sarah shall have a son. Okay. Sarah was whose wife? Oh, thank you very much. I didn't have that on my notes. I forgot. Who is she? No. She's going to have a son and it's going to be beyond childbearing age. It's going to be a miracle. If God didn't intervene and work it out, it wasn't going to get worked out. It wasn't going to happen. It was beyond the due course of nature. Keturah's son was the due course of nature, Ishmael. okay. But the birth of Isaac was by promise because God made Abraham a promise. Your wife's going to have a son. And she had the uh, reaction of laughing. Remember that? She laughed. Don't laugh. Beth don't laugh at what God says. Oh, yeah? So, anyways. So, Ishmael was not by promise, due course of nature. So the children God specifically promised to Abraham were those of Isaac and his seed, from whom God had chosen or elected in preference to Ishmael. The word choose and elect Are synonymous, and besides that, they mean the same thing. Okay, so choose means elect; elect means to choose. All right, you don't always get what you choose for. Anyway, don't to go into that. Uh, Now, Galatians three sixteen. Go to that for a second. Galatians three sixteen. Paul, saying again. Galatians 3.16, Now to Abraham and his seed, singular, were the promises made, he saith not, And to seeds, as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. If you trace the lineage of Christ, you can go right back to Abraham, but you've got to go through Judah and Isaac, you know, all the way back up. You can trace his lineage. That's what God needed to happen. We're going to get into this election thing. This is, we've got to understand this is why God did this. Therefore, Jesus Christ, along with the spiritual seed who are in Christ, had the same preferences over all the other Jews as anybody else. We were in Christ. If you're not saved, you're not in Christ. Okay. Now, the great theme of Romans is God's righteousness. We've seen that. And this is always before Paul's mind. So the purpose of these these verses here is to kind of build up to something where uh, Paul is going to show them that God's actions in choosing uh, Isaac over Esau and choosing the Gentiles that can be saved uh, was a matter of righteousness, wasn't something? Well, I guess I'll go to the Gentiles. It was already planned out. God had a plan for Gentiles, didn't just happen. Oh, I got to go to, to the, you know, the second string or the second, you know, the JV team. Yeah, no, it was in God's plan all along. Even the rejection of Israel, the chosen nation and the admission of Gentiles to the kingdom of God, God did not, in any sense at all, exclude Jews. He just excluded the fact that they are, just because you're a Jew, you can't go to heaven. It has to be based on something other than your lineage. It had to be based on salvation. Now, the whole nation of Israel could be saved today if they would all get saved. But it's not because they're the nation of Israel will they be saved. God's going to reject that. It's an individual choice. So the only injury to Israel in all this during Paul's time was the destruction of their pride. We'll talk about their pride more in chapter 10 and 11. Pride. What does God think about pride? doesn't like it. And they became proud in their heritage. They became proud, we saw in chapter 3, of their, uh, their Jewishness, if I can say that. All the things they had, the benefits they had, the religious things they did and had, they were proud of that. And they looked down on the Gentiles because they didn't have it. Remember back when we taught Hebrews, uh, Paul was trying to convince them to stay in the church. Don't go back to that Judaism, even though it has all the attractions of pomp, circumstance, all these things that you're used to being associated with. Now you got to, a group of fishermen leading the church here. But it's the true church. Don't go back into your old ways. So Paul had to fight this a lot with the Jews. It was a competition here. And we'll see that later on in this lesson or the next lesson where there's a competition here. Everybody wants, the Jews want to have what they had before. And Christ. and They can't have both. It was confusion. Let's look at verses 10 and 11. Not only this, but when Rebekah also had conceived by one, even our father Isaac, for, in parentheses for their children not uh, being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not by the works, but of him that calleth. Election is choosing. It's a choice. So the children of Isaac, I mean of of Jacob, Esau, not, not of Isaac, Esau and uh, Jacob, they weren't even born when God made this promise that He was going to, you know, one of them was going to be the one He's going to choose, that the election might stand, not of works. They didn't earn that. It says right here, uh, you know, uh, they hadn't done anything, haven't done any good, haven't done any evil hadn't worked, have not left anything undone. They were unborn. They were in the womb. And God made a choice. Deuteronomy 7, 6 says, For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people, talking about Israel, unto himself, above all the people that are on the face of the earth. God chose the nation of Israel. They weren't the largest, most... They were, God chose them to be His people, His special people. Amen. He loved them. He still does. But He chose them and blessed them above everybody else. Amen. Read your Old Testament. And they repaid God by rejecting Him for idols. Yeah, they paid Him back that way. But God specially chose them now, it was also said to Rebekah back in Genesis, the elder shall serve the younger. This is exactly opposite of what tradition is. The eldest son gets the blessing. Esau got it, but he didn't keep it. Yeah. Traded it in for a happy meal or something. He, he didn't keep it. Okay, <laughs> He thought this was more important than his blessing. So verse 13, As it is written, Jacob have I loved... But Esau, have I hated? The elder, Esau, have I uh, hated, and Jacob the younger, have I loved? God made a choice here based on, we'll get to it in just a minute. Okay? Isaac was God's chosen person. To do what? We'll show you. So there's a restriction again in this passage on on who is and who is not the children of Abraham. We're going to kind of define this thing down. We're going to focus down on one person and then focus even further. Okay. So Esau was rejected. I'm going to define what this word hate means in just the next page here. But the descendants of Esau were cut off. They were rejected. They were not chosen. Did God hate them? No. No, Not at all. There was no visible reason. There was nothing. They didn't have a past. They were still in the womb. They hadn't done anything. There was no visible reason why God would choose Jacob over Esau. But Esau was totally excluded even before he was born. Now when studying the Bible it's very important to study the context of a particular Bible verse or passage. In these verses, uh, where uh, Paul basically quotes uh, Malachi chapter 1, verse 2 and 3, where he says, Esau have I hated. Uh, He was Esau, that word Esau refers to the Edomites. Who were the Edomites? Who were they? They were descendants of Esau. They called Esau Edom. Edom means red. Red. Remember, he was red and hairy. So So the Edomites, God rejected them. He rejected Esau as leading the nation he wanted led. God chose or elected Jacob and later changed his name to Israel to be the father of his chosen people, the Israelites. God needed to start somewhere. God needed a man to start a nation. And He chose Jacob. So He rejected Esau. That means He did not choose him. It doesn't mean He he went to hell or He did anything. God just said, I'm not going to choose. How many of you go shopping and choose, look at fruit and choose things? You elect one and you Reject the one that has a little bug coming out of it, don't you? <laughs> but we do that every day, don't we? We choose. We make choices. And God does, too. Right. His are based on righteousness. His are based on the fulfillment of His purpose and His plan. God makes choices. Right. So, we have our word, love, and the antonym of that is hate. Choice is a part of the meaning for love. And reject or not choose is at the heart of the word for hate. Even Jesus used the word hate. You look back in the Gospels, uh, using the same basic meaning choose. He called his disciples to do what? Hate their father and mother. Father and mother. Did he mean to hate them? No. no, he meant to choose to follow Christ, not choose to go home. And watch TV and live off of welfare. He chose them. He said, choose. Who are you going to follow? Reject, not physically, but don't choose home. If you want to follow me, you've got to choose to follow me. It's not going to be easy. There's no certain dwelling place. You know, there's all these things. Jesus said, choose me. Reject, hate. That's what that word means. Reject or choose not to. Stay home. If you're going to be my disciples, you've got to go with me. Okay? I'm going to be able to use you. Okay? So that's what that hate means. It means not chosen. So when we consider the context here, God loving Jacob and hating Esau has nothing to do with human emotions. Don't read this and says God hated this. He didn't hate it. But the root word for love and the root word for hate, if you go back to the Greek and what around, you'll find the word reject in there and the word choose. That's what it means. Okay? It has everything to do with God choosing one man and his descendants and rejecting another man and his descendants. Okay? So the loving hating was not personal, it was providential. Amen. God foreknew what was going to happen. Okay? Uh,. So in Romans 9.13, Paul quotes Malachi chapter 1, verse 2 and 3 uh, kind of as a sample of this divine election. Let me give you a, an example here. Did Abraham earn his way to be... No. God did what? Out of all the men in the world, God chose Abraham. So the Bible could say... Abraham have I loved, and every other man in the world I hated. He rejected him. He looked at Abraham. Uh, God chose Abraham's son, Isaac, instead of his son Ishmael. Chose Isaac, rejected Ishmael. The Bible could say, Isaac I have loved, Ishmael I have hated. I rejected him. Okay? So Romans chapter 9 makes it abundantly clear that loving Jacob and hating Esau was entirely related to which of them God chose. Why did God choose them? We'll get to that in a second. So the purpose of Paul was to establish these, these facts that it was not by natural descent alone that the Jews were considered the children of Abraham. Because a group identified as Jews were far from being Abraham's only natural descendants. There's lots of, most of the Arab nation could trace themselves back to Abraham through Ishmael. And Keturah, and he had other concubines. They could trace themselves back if they could. Okay? So there was a separation in Abraham's family when Ishmael was cut off. Gave him gifts sent him away. No inheritance. Okay? Um, There was another um, separation, if you will, in Isaac's family. Isaac, instead of Ishmael, Isaac was the only legitimate son of Abraham's wife and a free woman. Did you know that? Everybody else was either a housemaid or a concubine or under some kind of oppression, I guess I could say. They weren't free. Only Sarah was. Okay. Esau, you say, well, he was was his firstborn son. How could he reject him? Let's see what God looks at. Uh, the choice of Jacob was altogether a sovereign act of God not dependent upon anything that either one of them was, had done right. okay, but what they were going to do. What was God looking for? Looking toward Jesus. Right. i got to think a couple thousand years out to have my son come to the earth. How am I going to work this out? He already had it worked out. Amen. He already had it worked out. So, In discussing this doctrine called election, as it's called, or uh, uh, that surfaces up in these verses here, uh, it's God choosing someone for a purpose. He doesn't choose folks to get saved or lost, as a lot of our neighbors believe to the north there. It's not a matter of eternal destiny, it's a matter of purpose. God's sovereignty. Genesis 25, 23. Turn back there a second. Let me show you something here. This This is what we're going to look at. Genesis 25, verse 23. This is the reason that God chose who He chose. Genesis 25, verse 23. And the Lord said to her, Two nations are in thy womb. And what? Two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. The one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. This is what God's looking at. God's looking forward, and He says, Two manner of people. Two different people, two different streams are going to enter into the uh, history here. This manner of people and this manner of people it's going to be added into history. God had his long-range outlook. This is what's got to happen in order for my plan to have Christ born and come to the world at the right time. This is what has to happen. Okay. Amen. So there's no problem with what God did. A lot of folks try to invent a problem, but there's no problem there. God made a choice. Whether I, I believe Isaac believed God, Esau I don't think did, but it wouldn't have mattered. God wasn't choosing them for heaven; He was choosing them for their descendants, their lineage. Right. Okay, in the lineage of uh, Israel, Isaac, I mean uh, Jacob, he had 12 sons. One son was named Judah. He was chosen his line to go to Christ. That's right. He was chosen. I don't know if Judah ever got saved or not. I remember the scripture says he might have, but some things say he maybe didn't. It didn't matter. Right. God was looking for his lineage. He had to come through the tribe of Judah. Okay? You understand what I'm, I'm saying? He didn't he didn't choose him based on what he did. He based his decision on what was going to happen. Could Esau have led the uh, God's people uh, throughout to Christ? No. He couldn't have done it. How did God know? He just foreknew it. They weren't going to last that long. They're gone. You won't have lunch with an Edomite. They're gone. Read Obadiah. They were destroyed. They rejected God they were against their brother Jacob. Right. When Israel, when uh, Jerusalem was being overrun, they taken, being taken captive, uh, the Edomites sold them out. The Edomites blocked their escape routes. They kept them in there. They uh, were in there pillaging their homes. Their brothers. Yeah. So God knew that was going to happen. They're not, gonna, they're not the right ones to have a Savior born through them? No. They're not going to last that long. Okay, So that's what that means where he says, Esau have I hated. He rejected him because he foreknew what Esau was going to become. Hebrews 12, 16, lest there be any fornicated or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. God knew Esau's character. And he rejected him as being the leader of his people. Jacob was chosen, because he knew what would take place in both of their lives. Let me go one more point here. Look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 20. (coughs) Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 20. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning what? Things to come. come. What did God base His choice on? Things to come. God saw the long-range forecast, if you want to go that way. He saw it afar off. He knew what was going to happen. Okay? Based on things to come. So it's unreasonable for anyone to suppose God made a choice between these brothers without taking into account the things to come. God knew Esau wasn't going to make it. That they were going to be destroyed, wiped out, no longer around. He saw uh, Jacob and then his sons and his son Judah that his line was going to be Successfully, although the devil tried many, many times to destroy it, right. the devil tried hard to keep Christ from be- to break that lineage where there wasn't there anymore. He almost did it. It was up to one six-year-old king who they had hidden. Okay, so devil tried. Was every king of, of uh, Judah uh, a great king? No. Some of them were terrible. Did God use them still? Yeah. They had sons, and that kept the line going. That was the important thing to God. That's why He chose Jacob rather than Esau. He knew what was going to happen. He knew what Esau was going to become. He knew what his nation was going to become before they were even born. And he chose Jacob. He told Sarah most of the truth. He didn't tell her all because I don't think she could have handled it. He told her enough. The elder's going to serve the younger. Okay. So nothing in the election of Jacob and the exclusion of his brother had any bearing upon, again, their eternal destiny. They got saved the same way people got saved back then. They trusted God nothing that they did, or who they were. Uh, uh, Jacob could have been lost as a goose, and still had his son Judah. He did trust God, we know that, but that wasn't the purpose. God didn't choose him to get saved, He cho- chose him for his lineage. That's what He did. He had it worked out before Abraham, He had it worked out before the world began. This is the way it's going to happen. Okay, So God's purpose was concerned primarily if not indeed totally, with the building of a covenant nation and the lineage of Christ. Okay? So election is about a people, not a person. Jacob was elected, was chosen, but God was choosing His people. He was going to be the father of a great nation. Okay, so... It's impossible to to me to read, to understand this, and think that God uh, chooses our eternal destiny. He doesn't do that. Salvation is for whosoever will. Whosoever won't isn't rejected. They step away. The only rejection is they reject Christ. Christ doesn't reject them. He loves them. He died for them. They reject Christ. That's the rejection that we have now. And it's always been that way. They reject Christ. In Paul's day, talking to these Jews about their rejection of God. God rejects them. Christ came as He was foretold, prophesied, came the same way He was supposed to come. Everything according to Scripture, He came. They should have recognized Him, did not. They rejected Him. Right. Well, not have this man... You know, he didn't come in there with robes on and a kingly carriage. No, he, he was born the way the Bible said he was going to be born. Yeah. Humble. Right. Not proud and, you know, he's going to be born a humble, a servant. And the Jews rejected God's method of introducing Christ. They rejected that. Yeah. We'll not have this man be over us. So we'll stop here for today. We'll pick up with um, this, probably getting into um, verse 14 next week. I'm going to make a note so I don't forget that. I'm a little ahead of my notes. Set word of prayer. Thank you, Father, for today, Lord. Thank you, Father, for the lesson. Pray, God, you bless service to follow. In Jesus' name, amen.